Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Christian Hafer. Christian Hafer is a photographer with much of his work based around the game of golf. He has worked with clients such as Callaway Golf, Nike, BMW, and Golf Magazine, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Christian about his experience photographing three majors this year, including the 2019 Masters, the US Open, as well as the PGA Championship. Christian is a photographer whose work I've admired for a long time. Uh, just really enjoy his perspective on the game of golf. He kind of has a different approach and eye to a lot of the work that's out there. And also, he's just been really creative in how he's utilized social media. So we kind of got into that a little bit in this interview. Um, he, he's just really proactive about uh, how he kind of gets his work out there on social media. So it was a really interesting conversation. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. And thanks so much for listening. All right, Christian Hafer. How you doing today, man? Uh, excited to talk to you. What, what's going on, dude? It's good, man. I'm I'm rested from the last time we talked. A little bit drier and uh, feeling good. Yeah, last time I saw you, we were at the PGA Championship. You were you were going crazy out there. Um, yeah, with those tournaments, like they're so long. Uh, how do you feel at the end of one of those? I know you shot a couple of the majors this year. Are you just like by the end of the week, are you just kind of completely spent, pretty much? Yeah, just you're just like you're totally drained physically and mentally because um, you're walking so many miles, you're carrying so much gear, and like you were, you were on a best page, like that's no easy walk, right? Like that's a yeah. that's a hike. So at the end of that thing, I'm, I felt like I ran a couple marathons. <laughs> yes, the step count was good. Um, yeah, but I guess to go back, man, like I was kind of curious. Like uh, I don't know a lot about you, so I was excited to talk to you. I guess like. Where'd you grow up and like, how do you kind of get into photography initially? Yeah. I mean, I, I bounced around a lot when I was younger, but I landed, um, when I was 14 in, in Vail, Colorado, um, which is kind of just dumb luck on my part, which is like a, I guess a theme in my life. But, <laughs> um, so I got in the, I was, you know, I was a little skate punk growing up and, and then I moved out there and so naturally gravitated towards snowboarding. Mm. Um, which naturally kind of led me to, you know, I've always been a creative kid and we had in our school, we had a photography program in a dark room. And, and so I was like, Oh, well, you know, I'll go to that class. I won't go to any other class, but I'll go to that one. So mm. just kind of everything kind of converged when I moved out there. And so I started picking up a camera and had like this, I think my first camera was like a Nikon N 65 or some, some junky thing I got for like 250 bucks or something. Mm. And all I wanted to do was just go hang out with all my buddies that were snowboarding and take photos. And, and that's what we did. We, we would spend all our time skating and snowboarding and I'd be taking photos. And, and so that's, that's kind of where it began for me was that was back. I was probably like 15 at the time. Mm. Um, and so I was really just kind of getting into that whole culture and, and learning about photography and, and the more that I shot, the more that I learned, um, the more that I kind of got into it and it just spiraled out of control from there. And were you kind of like paying attention to like all the skate mags and like snowboarding magazines were you even oh, kind of yeah. mimicking what those guys were doing in the mags back then kind of? Oh, for sure. Like I, that's where I learned about photography originally was like, you know, Thrasher, Trains World and, you know, that that's what kind of opened my eyes and that's i think it's still a lot of that is still kind of present in my work now is just those early you know snowboard shots that are landscapes but they're also action there it's a it's kind of an amalgamation of a different few different styles and you know growing up in Vail, you have access to a lot of really good snowboarding but events and so a lot of really good local pros and and stuff like that so it we were you know we had the opportunity to go out and do things. We would, we'd go out and slide rails at, you know, three in the morning and that kind of experience and learning how to shoot film at two in the morning with like, you know, street lamps. And, you know, now it's so different because you're digital, you're constantly getting that feedback. I'd have to wait if I could get back into school and go process my film and develop it and figure out all the mistakes that I made and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a really really cool period because I kind of was allowed to do whatever I wanted. Um, once I showed an interest in it, the teacher that I had, she just kind of let me go and was like, okay, just 
you know, you're learning more about it than I, than I know about it. So just kind of do your thing and, you know, just make me a photo book every, you know, semester. That was pretty much it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I, I I'm kind of similar to you. I, I grew up skateboarding and like Thrasher and Slap Magazine were the magazines I was looking at. And the thing I always kind of enjoyed about them was this, this like the rawness to them. Cause it's just like, they're out there in the streets, they're shooting, they're doing portraits, but none of it's like, like a commercial setup. It's all this raw, real stuff. And I think the thing right. I, I kind of liked about your work, it seems like you've kind of brought that to golf. Uh, obviously you shoot a lot of these big tournaments, but then you also just shoot like local, like muni municipal courses and this kind of the, the real life, like average person golf stuff. Is that kind of, uh, kind of your approach? Like you, you enjoy showing this kind of the raw aspect of golf kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think especially like, you know, what, what happens on social media and like Instagram, it's, it's kind of like a platform for me to just kind of express myself and my viewpoints and my work. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I have the opportunity to go out there and, and there's in golf for, you know, probably a lot of people listen to podcasts are not deep, deep in the golf, you yeah. know, as much as I am or you are, but mm -hmm. in golf, there's this whole mindset of going to the best courses. And there's a lot of people that chase, you know, top hundred lists. So, you know, they're most prestigious courses, hardest to get into. And, and those are all cool. And they're, I've had the opportunity to play a lot of really um, exclusive courses, but at the same time, I love golf and, and I love the experience of golf. And so like my most enjoyable rounds are going out to my local municipal course. That's, you know, 16 bucks to walk with my son and play golf and put on music and wear t-shirts and just completely uh, buck the norm within the golf community. And so that to me, from a visual standpoint, I grew up, you know, with this more visceral visual style that is in skateboarding, snowboarding, and, and that kind of comes through, I guess, a little bit. And then, you know, when I got into street photography, it just kind of ramped it up to another level of just trying to really show things as they are. And, you know, if I go to a course and it's, it's a little rough around the edges, there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually a good thing. And, mm -hmm. and trying to find, you know, the truest representation of a lot of these courses that I can, um, just so people understand that, like, you don't have to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go play a golf course. You can pay less than 20 bucks and have like a really, really fun time. And the course can still be really pretty. And, yeah. you know, if I can make my muni look like a course that people want to go play, then I feel like I've done my job. Hell yeah. I mean, I, I love all those cheap courses. Honestly, that's most of the courses I go to is because I don't feel like there's no pressure. Like a lot of times, at least for me, I mean, I haven't been golfing as long as you, but a lot of times those more expensive courses, Maybe it's just in my mind, but it feels like there's like this more of like a I don't know an attitude or there I feel like more yeah. pr pressure. But with those like cheaper courses, I feel like it's just like the average Joe out there kind of more hacking it and having a good time, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's I that's what it is. There's you know there's so many courses out there that are just have rules to have rules and mm -hmm. you know feed into all the stereotypes that people you know clue in on golf and they don't do us any favors of trying to trying to negate that so you know going out there and, and using my small little platform to kind of shout about all these little nine hole tracks and i know you've played a couple really cool ones but yeah. little nine holers are public courses and like just show people like you, you, this is like literally we just chase a ball around the field that's not much more than that and yeah. you know we can make it more complicated than that but it's really just that and so let's just go have fun with it mm. And I think it translates a lot into my work that that kind of that's my approach to my subject and golf is really my main subject now. And most of my work is in the golf world. So it's like my mindset way if I'm going to go shoot an athlete or if I'm going to go shoot a course or a tournament mm. is to kind of show it in the truest light possible and, mm. and bring a little bit of edge to it. Um, just because I think, you know, golf isn't doing itself any favors being super glossy and super yeah. traditional. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I really enjoy how you kind of approach it. Cause on your website, like I said, you'll have like this, like some of your local courses you shoot or somewhere where you travel to. And then you'll have like, like you went to Bandon Dunes, which is like a really nice course. And then you went to like Augusta. Yeah. So it's like, you're, you're really sh showing like the kind of 360 view of like almost the whole like kind of culture of golf. Like, yeah, you can go to this, you can go to that. It's just kind of, showing every little aspect of it pretty much right yeah definitely um and i guess like when did you 
when did you start thinking like photography could be a career for you? I guess like, did you end up like studying photography after high school or did you just kind of teach yourself or what was kind of the next step for you, I guess? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was pretty much self-taught up until college and then, you know, went to, my whole ambition was to be a, a photojournalist and then, you know, really wanted to get into like conflict photography and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, and then what I realized very quickly was it was like when digital was starting to become pretty prevalent, a lot of people getting laid off. Yeah. Um, and so kids going to that program, were looking at it and like, uh, where, what's my career path? And, and I had never, I'd always been, had kind of a conflict with, you know, schools and, and that traditional education. And, and I always, you know, I just, I was not a good student. I was a smart kid and I could pick up things, but I just, I couldn't do it in a traditional sense. So I dropped out um, and then got into golf kind of, I wasn't really even golfing at that time. I had golfed when I was younger. And then this was around like 21, 22 started kind of getting in the golf because I needed a job. Mm -hmm. So I lied and said that I knew how to build golf clubs and I knew all about it. <laughs> uh, so I just figured it out on the fly and ended up doing all right. Got a job at a golf course as an assistant, worked there for a few years and and really kind of taught myself the golf swing and taught myself, you know, about it. And I was very more traditional golf. Like you got to look a certain way, you got to act a certain way and, yeah. and, and really kind of got away from who I was more at my core. Wasn't really doing too much photography then. Then I moved back East and started shooting more, but it was more sports oriented. Um, so I took my background and my knowledge and just kind of applied it to like college basketball in Philadelphia. Um, you know, some pro stuff and a lot of MLS basketball, some football, um, and shot that for a while. And then, you know, it, it's, it's like, everybody knows it's, it's tough making a living doing that and yeah. especially freelancing and, and the sports industry is, it's just, is super tough. So got a real job and kind of supplemented my income with the photography. And, you know, it, it was like, that's when I found street photography because I was near Philly. And so I would get up in the mornings and go to Philly mm. and just walk around all day. I mean, I would walk, you know, kind of like I do on a golf course now, like 15 miles and just be out there all day and, and just immerse myself in a new style. So I'd gone from snowboarding, skateboarding to sports to now street stuff, which I identified, I think more than I did sports work. I, I had always been curious about it and it was more what I wanted to do. It was just now instead of a photojournalistic aspect to it, I could be more creative with it. I could go and capture life around me, but I could try and experiment with, you know, whether the, the way I shot it or the composition or the edit. And I think that's really what has pulled my golf photography into a very different direction than I think what a lot was out there a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. It's just because that's the way that I see the see the world around me. And so when I walk a golf course, I'm kind of pre-programmed to, you know, try and find these elements. And so I was doing that, and you know, had some good luck with it and stuff like that. And then I met my wife um, and made the decision to move out closer where she is, which is about an hour away from Philadelphia yep. in Amish country. Nice. And so. Now I'd moved away from the street stuff and the sports stuff. And I was working, you know, a nine to five job and I was, you know, trying to support her and my stepson and, you know, build a family and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really wasn't shooting as much. And then I just randomly one day started taking a camera out on a course with me. Cause I started golfing more cause I, oh, I, I needed something to do yeah. or spending all my time shooting street stuff. I didn't really have that Lancaster's, you know, it's a cool town, but you, you can walk it in 30 minutes mm -hmm. and you see the same faces. So it's not from a, from a subject standpoint, there's not too much there. So I was out golfing and getting back into golf. And, and so I started taking a couple of photos and then, you know, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I was taking all the cliche oversaturated landscape photos that just, yeah. you know, I look back now and I'm like, God, I want to poke myself in the eyes for <laughs> doing that. But that's kind of the thing when you're learning stuff, you got to go through and make those mistakes and, yeah. and do all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, it just kind of, it, it all kind of built on itself over the last few years. It was like my approach to golf um, in conjunction with a lot of people in the golf community, it, it started broadening. So I started embracing more of like how I was raised, which, you know, I, I grew up, you know, 
not someone to have access to country clubs and, you know, listening to punk rock and going to shows and skateboarding. So I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's kind of who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be that. I'm just, I just happen to golf now. And so then with the visuals, it was the same thing. It was like, well, I didn't grow up, you know, learning fine art landscape. I grew up, you know, shooting sketchy rails at two in the morning yeah. or, you know what I mean? Going out and silly and walking around and trying not to get robbed at, <laughs> you know, all hours of the day. So I kind of started shooting more to that way. And so when I would go out on a golf course, I would, I would say, okay, I'm not going to do what I've seen before. I'm going to do what, what I see. Um, and the, I think the two of them, my, my view on golf and, and the way I take photos and, and my visual style just kind of, they like, like I said, they fed on each other and just build over the last, you know, built over the last two or three years. Yeah. And when you're kind of working that nine to five, was it like in the back of your mind where you, was it like you're trying to figure out a way to make photography uh, your career or was it, you weren't even really trying to, or what was kind of your mindset when you're working that job? It was, you know, it, for the first, I mean, you know, year or so it was kind of like, oh, that would be cool. You know what I mean? But yeah. I was kind of just riding and having fun and and it was, you know, it was still early on where, where I was just starting to kind of make a little bit of waves and people were starting to recognize my work a little bit and be like, Oh, okay. That's, Oh, that's him. Like I know him. He's the moody photographer or whatever they, you know? Um, but then I think the last few years it was, okay, there's really a, an opportunity here within golf to, kind of make an impact and now I've kind of built a style that's recognizable and I've built an aesthetic that people appreciate and now how do I take it to the next level? Can I can I support my family by doing what I love? And, you know, that's a really risky proposition. Like I have a fourteen month old daughter and, mm-hmm. you know, an eight year old stepson and so it's like you you look at it and you look at the stability of a, a nine to five that you, you, you need to do because you need to provide for a family. And then you look at the, the work and the hustle of being a freelance, you know, photographer mm-hmm. and now starting to make some money and, you know, having my business background and, and the two really set each other up for success. I think um, being able to, to go out and be creative, but also think about it from a business sense and, and what I needed to do, what I needed to make, um, and not undersell myself, which I think happens a lot these days, especially that Instagram market kind of feeds a lot of undercutting and mm-hmm. and people don't understand their worth as creatives. Um, and I went through that, you know, like anybody does. And I learned those, you know, I learned the hard way what not to do. And so now it's like knowing that there was a path to it and just kind of for two, it took me like a good two years to get to the point that I'm at now to really be able to say like, this is what I do. This is, this is who I am and, and not have any fears about it. Yeah. And when you kind of made the decision that really just kind of focus in on golf, like how are you kind of getting your work out there where you just kind of like, I know you're, you, you have a pretty big presence on social media. Cause I think a lot of photographers like listening, they're probably in the same position. They're, they're working a nine to five, but they're, you know, they want to be doing, uh, what you're doing, like when you're first starting out, like how do you how do you get your name out there in, in a sea of like so many photographers as you know? Yeah, I think I mean for me it was as a matter of I didn't really use social media, you know, effectively. I don't think mm-hmm. like I could I could probably have four hundred thousand followers or whatever if I really did all the things they tell you to do. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what's made it more successful for me is I've just done it the way that I thought was right. And I've, I've kind of stayed true to who I am and, and just the way that I do things. And I think that's what is a big, like if I had to give anybody a piece of advice, it would be to two things would be to just do you be confident in who you are and what you do and what your visuals are. And if people are calling you and saying, like, we want you to do this, mm-hmm. that means that you're you're doing something right. And so don't undercut yourself, you know, don't second guess yourself and be like, Oh, this company called and want me to do this, but they want it for free. Yeah. We'll go back to them and say, you know, here's, here's how much it costs me to do this. And, you know, can we work on something? And then the other thing I would say is, you know, be engaged with, you know, whatever your community is. If people are liking your photos, like 
talk to them, you know, engage with them, especially through social media and like be, be genuine about it. Don't like go and, you know, same canned response. Like I'll get into arguments with people on photos. It's <laughs> just kind of sometimes how I can be, I can be a little spicy. And so, but people, people recognize that I think, and they understand that like, you know, I'm really passionate about what I do and my work and my opinions. And, you know, I'll change my mind if you change it, but I'm not going to just, you know, sit there and take it. So mm-hmm. somebody comes out and critiques a photo and says, this is shit. I'm going to say, Hey, okay, let's go. Yeah. Um, and at the same token, when people are out there and saying, you know, we love what you're doing and all that kind of stuff, it really does mean a lot to me that people actually do like it because it's like a lot of people know it's, it's really hard to get your work out there and to kind of get through the noise mm-hmm. and to say like, I'm different than, and here's why. And, and visually. And I think, I think once you do that, once people start engaging with your work, you know, on however they do that, it's really, really important to, you know, let people know that you appreciate it because that without people going out and, you know, hitting the like button or buying print or, you know, sharing i've had plenty of creative directors say like we use your photos in our slide deck yeah and they're like is that okay I'm like of course that's okay like that's amazing yeah. like you 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 draw inspiration off of my work and and vice versa like to me that's amazing um but just hire me for the next project yeah. no but like it's it's that kind of thing like if if these people really like what you're doing and even if it's you know 20 people like talk to those 20 people because those 20 people are going to talk to 20 more people and they're going to say, Hey, have you seen this person's work? And I think that's really how it happened for me was I just put it out there mm-hmm. and then people started liking it and talking to each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, this guy knew this guy, they knew this person, they knew this person. And, and that's how it just built over the last few years. So most, takes time. mostly just kind of social media where you doing any like, 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 promo cards or you going where you going, no. out, going out to show your book at all just really this no. social media is kind of how you kind of got your name out there huh yeah i was because again when i started it i didn't know what it could be and you know i didn't really have time to go out and you know put a really good book together and i didn't really have a good body of work at that time to like say okay this i was still learning and evolving i think now i could probably put together one and shop it and feel confident yeah. but you know that that time I was just trying to like figure out who who I was and what I was doing and and really trying to find my style and once I found it that's when I started kind of pursuing it a little bit more from a traditional sense but I never never really went out and shot my book in the traditional sense or you know I I would I'd reach out to some people and you know they would be like oh yeah we follow you on Instagram and I think oddly enough that's become like you know a business card for a lot of photographers is I've met people and they're like, Oh, you're a photographer. Okay. Do you have a card? You know what? What's your Instagram? Yeah. What's, and they just what's your app? <laughs> yeah. What's your handle? And then they pull it up. And as soon as they pull it up, they make that decision on the spot. Mm-hmm. If they want to hire you down the road or not. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Like I've, I've been at parties and people put up their phone and looked at it and you can see them go like, Oh, that's different. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or eh, that's a little too edgy for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. you can, and so it's it's a good and a bad thing. I kind of like it because it's like that instant gratification of mm-hmm. no thank you. Like yeah. the best thing for me is somebody tell me like that's absolute shit. We don't like it. It doesn't <laughs> work for us because that's cool, man. Like I'll go over here and, and somebody will like it and yeah. I'll keep doing my thing because that goes back to what I said earlier, which is like if somebody tells me they don't like it, that's fine. Like that doesn't mean that I took a bad photo. That mm-hmm. just means they've that their tastes don't gravitate towards that. And that's cool because I'm going to keep doing what I want to do because I'm a creative person and you know how we are. We're kind of stubborn. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a little set in our ways and we, we think we're always right. And, you know, I'm going to keep trying to build the style that I think is important and the telling the stories that I think are impactful for golf. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's the thing that's interesting about art, like you could say music or anything, really. It's just that there's a wide variety of things and some people like this, some people like that. And like, you you don't have to cater. Exactly. You don't have to cater to everyone. Like for me, it's like, I think I, it took me a long time to learn that. It's like, 
photography is a hard enough career as is like for me it's just like you got to get in it into it to take the pictures you want and like if someone likes them that's cool if not who cares at the end of the day it's just like it should be about your passion for the work you're making you know oh for sure i mean like you know, like anything it translates you know a good artist is is somebody that's really passionate about what they do mm-hmm. and they're really into it and and it kind of comes through in everything that they do and you know i hope that comes through in my work and you know for people out there that you know are like wow okay how do i get off of like instagram and and get paid doing this or how do i get my book out there it's like it's just you got to give it time and just keep doing your thing and and have confidence in and who you are and what your work is like i trust me dude you i know there's plenty of photographers out there that just hate on my stuff and they're like this is just trash yeah yeah and that's fine like it's cool because i'll i look at some work and i'm like ah not for me i don't like that yeah Yeah. and that's fine like you i don't have to please everybody and that's what i think learning that was like just so so freeing to be able to just say like i can do whatever the fuck i want and I'm not offending anybody. I'm just making a photo. And mm. if people gravitate towards it, that's awesome. Yeah, 100%, man. And, you know, the, the thing I've, I like about your Instagram feed, like uh, we keep talking about it, but it's like you're not afraid to, like, really put your opinion out there. Like, you'll talk politics on there. Uh, oh, yeah. Have you always this, like, are you ever, like, hesitant hesitant to, like, talk about things? Because it seems like you kind of just kind of let it rip. Uh <laughs> I it, it I love it because, like you say, it's just like I think that's what sets you apart. Like it shows you're you're a person. You're not obviously you're running a business. You need to be professional in what you do. But like right. people want to work with people. I think early on yeah. in my career, it's like if you're just too like not that you need to be professional, but if you you want to be a person, and I think that's what comes through in yeah. your Instagram. You're a person. You're not just like people say like brand and all this type of stuff. But it's like I think probably your success i would say is just like people it comes through in your feed like you're a real guy you know yeah exactly and i trust me not everybody agrees with stuff i put out there and you know if i do get political like you know talking about you know whether it's pride month and and supporting my friends that you know are in the gay community Mm -hmm. or whatever there's a lot of people in golf that are not okay with that yeah and so when i put out things like that or i share a you know a a pride month head cover and I'm like, I'm going to rock this head cover in my bag for people. Yep. You get pushback from people and people won't follow you. And, and that's fine because I don't really like, I don't really care if you engage with me or not. Yep. If, if you're so sensitive that you can't look at my viewpoints on the world and out, you know, getting irate, then I really don't want you in my, my orbit at all. And, you know, yeah, I mean, sometimes I do get, <laughs> I do just throw it out there, but that's kind of like, that's just who I am. And Mm -hmm. Instagram for me, isn't like, I'm not trying to go out there and be an influencer at all. Like I'm a photographer and it's a great platform to show my work, but it's also a great platform to show my opinions on the world. Because like you said, you have to be professional. Um, but at the same time, you know, I've had companies come to me and I've refused working with them because of their policies or their, they've made comments and, and views on things that I just don't agree with fundamentally. Yeah. And I have that right to refuse that work. Mm-hmm. And I do it, you know, in a polite way, in a professional way and just say, listen, you know, do you want me to take a photo of, you know, X and it has nothing to do with Y, but my viewpoint, I don't want to support what you support. And my work could go and support that somehow. It could create, you know, revenue that I think, goes against counter something I am and a lot of people have mixed feelings on that approach you know and I get it I just I just kind of have always been that person that's been super you know to a fault opinionated mm-hmm. um, and you know but I was always raised to kind of speak my mind and you know that my opinion isn't wrong it may be different but it doesn't make it wrong. And your opinion may not be the same as mine, but it doesn't make it wrong. I'm, I'll go back and forth with people on all kinds of political subjects and I'm not mad at them for it. Like that's their viewpoint. And 
and it is what it is. But I think people do like it, and, yeah. and I get a lot of comments when I put something up, and I get a little spicy, and you know, they're like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, life, hey, life is coming out. <laughs> but it's just, at the same time, it's kind of like I, I think there's there's the two. I I try and find balance in it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I try and with the with kind of getting a little chippy and you know getting a little passionate about subjects that people some that might stir some people the wrong way. I try and promote positive things and you know show people the, the better sides of the world around us and and usually when i go on like a political thing and it's, it's not even like i go on a huge rant i just say like you know if you don't support you know you know pride month it you don't work with me yeah, yeah if yeah. you if you don't understand that you know what's happening at the borders is you know offensive and stands against what I believe America stands for, then don't work with me. Mm-hmm. Um, don't like my photos. I, because I want to draw awareness to those things because I do have a little bit of a platform and, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully I can change some, some minds and opinions or at least open the discussion and yeah. maybe people change my mind. But yeah. for every time I do that, I try and do 10, you know, a post, whether it's about, you know, a friend of mine or somebody else or give away gear to somebody that needs it. And, and just try and have a positive impact on kind of the world around me, which is kind of odd to say because yeah. I just I just take photos, right? Yeah, man. No, I, I respect it. It's it's more of a dialogue. Um, and it, it, with you, I, I was always just kind of curious. I really respect people. Like I have friends that are like skate photographers, and they that's really their niche, and they've been doing it for like twenty years. For you, because as you know, like running a freelance business, it's really hard. Was it like a tough decision just to like? really only focusing on golf and not like because a lot of people they they approach it like i'm going to try to cater to multiple markets was that like a tough decision like obviously you love golf but then you're running a business or what was kind of your mindset yeah. mindset of being like this is the only thing i'm going after because you look at it's this golf like uh, that's thing i was kind of curious about yeah it is it is all golf all the time yeah um it is it's been tough it, and especially like as you know trying to run a business you know a, am I doing the right thing by turning down an opportunity for something that doesn't quote unquote fit on brand? Because mm-hmm. I've been put into this, you know, golf photographer bucket. Um, and even within that bucket, I'm, I, I think I stand out a little bit from the norm. Yep. And I think for where I am in my career and, and what I'm doing and, and I'm still, you know, I'm still really building my, my business, but I'm still really building my, my style as a photographer. And I think golf is, a comfortable place for me right now and i think you know that i do have some projects coming up that are you know on the outskirts of golf if they touch golf but they're really you know maybe they're more travel related than mm. golf yeah. there is a thread of golf through it because you know i'm a golfer it's always going to be kind of in me like you look at a lot of these skate photographers like they can go out and shoot like you know an nba team photo but yeah. they're still a skate photographer so it's that thread's always with them and you know, as I grow as a photographer and, and as I get the time, more importantly, um, I'm going to try and do some different things that are a little different than just golf photography because like, like I grew up on a lot of different things and Mm. golf was like one of them, you know? So getting back to maybe some more travel stuff and some more skate stuff and cool and trying to kind of push the bounds a little bit on, on some other styles that, you know, we'll see maybe they work maybe they don't but that's all kind of coming up next year i think this year it's like i'm i'm so busy with kind of what i have already booked and mm-hmm. and doing that it's like i just gotta try and keep my head above water <laughs> right now yeah no I, res- I respect it man it's exciting stuff and uh, like what is it about golf and like as golf photography that you enjoy so much because like like i said like looking at instagram you really just have such a passion for golf what is it about like the game that's kind of drew you to it so much you think it's weird because i'm you know when people people who i grew up with look at me now and they're like you're off photographer like what <laughs> um that doesn't fit at all and like we've met and you know i can definitely come off as your prototypical you know stereotypical golfer that most people who don't understand golf are going to say oh of course he golfs yeah. and then i can flip it and the other next you know person's like wait you golf yeah. And I kind of like that. I like the, I like the, the fact that I'm a little divisive and, and, you know, I don't really fit into the mode 
of a golfer as much. But this, for me, it was like you handhold a four hundred millimeter lens, bro. <laughs> you're, 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 you're going against the pack. <laughs> you're against you're against the pack, dog. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't be. I can't be messing with monopods, man. I got, I'm moving around too much. I'm laying on the ground. I'm rolling around. I'm like Rambo out there. Um, but that's the thing. Like when I got in, when I got into golf, it was because. You know, I needed a job, right? My dad grew up golfing. I golfed a little bit when I was younger. It's fun. It's mm. just a sport. Yep. But I had a hard time getting through all the barriers of, I think, stereotypes that are very warranted. I had a hard time getting through all those to what I am now, which is like, I'm the, I could be the most annoying golfer if you're a traditionalist, and I could be the most enjoyable if you're new to the game. Because yep. I literally go out there and I carry like a half set of clubs yep. and you know, maybe keep score, maybe not yep. listen to music, you know, and just try and hang out and enjoy the vibe of it. And it's like, it's almost like I'm just kind of at a skate park when I was like 15 and I'm just hanging out and playing golf and trying stuff and, mm-hmm. and having fun. And I think golf has afforded me so many opportunities, obviously from a professional sense, but you know, I've been able to travel and see a lot of different things and go to Scotland and, you know, be able to go to the Masters and end up playing Augusta and, yeah. you know, go out to California and play Cypress Point, which is, you know, it's like, it's one of the most exclusive courses in the world, but it's one of the most amazing pieces of property there is. Oh, yeah. And, and the connection with my family, like my wife golfs, my son golfs, you know, my daughter's middle name is after, you know, Marion Hollins, who is, you know, a pretty pretty badass woman in the golf world from the twenties who helped found Cypress point. And, you know, she had, she started the first women's uh, only golf club. She raced cars and like, it, she was just a total badass. So it's, it's deep into my family and it's kind of who I am. And that's why I said like, I'll, no matter what I end up doing, if I'm, if I'm still doing it 10 years from now, if I'm still making a career of it and maybe I moved on to, doing some other work and golf is just there. Golf mm-hmm. will always be there and it'll always, I'll always play the game. And that's the beauty of golf is like, I can play it until I'm 80. Um, you know, I, I can play it with a bad back. I can, I can still get around and have fun, but it's, it's just like, it's a therapeutic thing for me. And like, that's why I think I focus so much of my energy on it as a photographer is because it's like, that's what I'm really passionate about. My goal if I had a goal in, in 10 years and I look back, it would be that I created, you know, obviously some good photos and, and made people kind of like look at the game different, mm-hmm. but it would be that I opened the door for people to feel comfortable to get into it. I showed them, you know, accessible courses and a different mindset of golf and, you know, for maybe some visual people and creative people, a different way to look at golf yeah. um, that, you know, breaks down those stereotypes and, makes it a bit more enjoyable for everybody to golf yeah because even myself i haven't been doing it a long time but i was even i was like nervous because i was just like because you don't want to when you get out there like you're you're learning your ball's going right oh, yeah. you're topping it it's like you're not making it first the third the t in front of you sometimes you're just trying to figure <laughs> yeah. it out and you don't want to hold up people but then i think i realized it's just like you just got to get out there hack it and like just, yeah. just, just keep pace of play like that's how i do it just kind of you got to drop you got to drop and then just fucking get out walk around and keep it going and it it is exactly an exciting game um it is so fun like people people just think it's the most boring thing in the world because they they're so preconditioned to what they see on tv and you know again not to say stereotype again i think there might be a clicker on it and every time i say it someone takes a shot but um to get away from all those because like you said like I've gone out there and I've played days where I barely can get off the tee. And like, <laughs> yeah, man. It, but I'm having fun with it. And I go out with my eight year old and we'll drop balls and hit them. And if it's, you know, if it's wide open, there's nobody on the course, like we'll try to, okay, see if you can carry it over the water and, you know, let me see your club. I'll hit your club and that kind of thing. And just, it's, it's fun. Like it's a, it's an excuse for me to get outside, hang out with my friends, mm-hmm. my family and, and just kind of live life. And it, again, it's, it's just a little white ball with a stick and a hole. That's all it is. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be any more than that. And I think, I think once people kind of realize that, like you can go out and hit a really bad golf shot. Well, guess what? I've been playing for a long time. I'm mediocre. I will definitely hit a worse shot than you will. Like <laughs> that's just golf. That's yeah, just that's part right. of 
the game. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, this is probably a weird analogy. I, I look at golf because for me, a lot of it is, is like getting outside because, you know, as a photographer, you kind of sitting in front of your computer a lot. I look at golf, it's like going on a hike, but playing like bocce ball or horseshoes <laughs> at the same time. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Though, like, like my whole thing is walking golf. Like I don't ever, I, I yeah, can't man. remember the last time I played around a golf yeah, man. in a cart. So, and I think that's another big thing too, is like as a photographer, being out walking the course and like we're going up to Maine and uh, this weekend and there's a couple like really cool little courses that I'm going to go check out and just be mm. like get up early and walk around and the lights good yeah take some photos play some golf and like you know just have fun with it and as you know maybe it's a photographer out there who's like oh, I, I used to golf when I was in high school or my dad was into it like just take your camera take you know just one lens just take like a 50 and go play golf and take some photos and like you'll have the best time in the world. And, you know, I guarantee you we'll lose some golf balls and you'll hit some bad shots and you'll get frustrated, but it's, it's such a fun sport. Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, I was really excited to talk to you. You've had a hell of a year. Uh, you got to photograph the masters, the PGA championship and the U S open all for golf magazine, uh, golf.com. Um, how has that experience been? Like, had you been to any majors previous to that? Um, what's the experience been like overall covering these such big tournaments? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was crazy. One, I'd, I'd never shot um, like a, especially a major, but like a big golf tournament. And, you know, I wasn't really known for that. And I think that's why they, you know, they wanted me to, to come in and, and to do it was because let's do something different. And, you know, golf.com golf magazine has kind of gone through this change and they're, you know, they're trying to evolve the, the golf narrative and they're trying to put a different look on it. And I think it just kind of all coincided and they were like, you know, Hey, would you come to the masters and, and shoot it? And I was like, of course I would, you know? Yeah. And it, right off the bat, the, the most amazing part of it was that I had no, like I had no rules it, other than the rules that are, pretty well defined by Augusta and the Masters tournament. I had no you need to get this shot, you need to do this, you need to do that. It was go out and take your photos and let us know how we can help you. Mm-hmm. And you know, Jesse from golf dot com, like Jesse Ryder, my he, dog. <laughs> Jesse the the dude, he <laughs> like he's he was a really good like he literally just sat back and was like, Okay, yeah. When you get in, put up your photos I'll take it from there and didn't say, Hey, can you, you know, can you maybe change the edit on this or can you crop in on this or do you have this photo? It, it really was just let him go out and do what he's got to do. And, and I think there was some hesitation on their part. Um, I think the overall team was kind of like concerned because, you know, have that stereotypical like he's just an instagrammer he's not a real photographer he doesn't really know what he's doing Mm -hmm. and and that's fine like that i comes with it comes with me really finding my career through instagram but you know i think they they quickly realized that i knew i knew what i was doing i knew one how to navigate the course and and you know the photo room and and work the gear like i was there and i i typically shoot sony and i was shooting nikon for that event mm-hmm. so you know i had to switch all my gear over and, and get acclimated to that for for that event and so my first few days i'm like you guys just kind of stay out of the way because i gotta go out and just i gotta get reps and get used to this and and get trying to figure out where i'm going to shoot and all that kind of stuff and i that to the pga to the us open it was like they just kind of i think they were originally just going to have me just do the masters mm-hmm and you know the feedback was great i think everybody really loved it you know there were the shots were very different than what i think had come out from anyone else that week or or before and then they were like okay well let's do the us open and why don't we do the pga because that's so close and yeah i was like "Uh, i'm down let's go (laughs) and you know it 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 worked out well it was cool because i was able to kind of go and you know put my stamp on it a little bit and just be like you know maybe here's a different look at it. Like mm-hmm. here's a different way to cover the, these events and, you know, make people feel like they're there yeah. more than they're just looking at action shots the whole time. 
Yeah, it's like the details. Like when you when you get to Augusta and shit, man, you pick you got a hell of a year to you cover the Masters, man. Tiger Woods, you, you couldn't. I know, right? You Tiger Woods winning, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't got a better year. I guess like when you yeah. got there, like what was your mindset going into that? Because I'm sure you've been watching that tournament for years. It's such like a oh, yeah. iconic place. Like, what was your overall experience going to the Masters? I guess. I mean, I I when they told me, I like pretty much shit my pants but um <laughs> then what i did is i started trying to find you know research as much as i could to understand you know i'd never been there and understand where how the course is laid out where the photographers can and can't go you know try and find all that kind of stuff and then when i realized once i got there i was like all that was you know that was good that was helpful but i just needed to get out there and like just go 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 and and i would get there you know, as early as they would let us out and I would stay as long as they would let us there and then edit until, you know, midnight and get up and do it all over again. And just the, the fact that I was walking around Augusta with a camera (laughs) taking photos of what would end up becoming one of the most amazing masters of all time, like tiger winning. And, and for me to go back and, you know, I, I'd seen this angle of, the 12th hole where tiger i think that was the big turning point of the tournament where a bunch of other people had put it in the water on that hole and oh yeah tiger stepped up and put it on the green left made his two putt par and took the lead of the tournament and i knew like so molinari who was in tiger's group had hit it way left from the fairway on 10 and with like an unforced error right and so i'm like something weird's happening and for people who don't know about augusta they call you know, that corner of 11, um, what is it, 11, 12, and 13, Amen corner, um, for obvious reasons. And so he's on 10, he's getting to the 11 tee box, and you can tell, like, something's weird going on. So I had this photo a few days before of down the line on the 12th tee box, you can see, you know, the, the golfer, the caddies, the crowd in the foreground, and then the hole, and and the top of the frame and I'm like, all right, I, I think this would be a cool photo. Like, I hope, like, I hope something iconic happens here. Like, it's just kind of what I'm telling myself, like something yeah. weird's going down. Tiger's making a move and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go there because my other option was to go up in the bleachers, which I wasn't going to be able to get into because it was packed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were so many people or to go down to the photo pit and shoot back up, but everybody else has that photo. And I'm like, I want that photo. Yeah. So I run down there, I see where they hit their drives on 11 and I'm like, okay, I need to start like pushing through the crowd to try and get to this spot. So I do, I get up almost all the way there and there's these three dudes who, you know, they were pretty lubricated and <laughs> they started kind of giving me a little bit of noise and then they're like, nah, 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 we're just giving you a hard time, dude. Like you're yeah. working, you gotta, you gotta do your thing. So they start clearing people out of the way so I can get up to the front of the crowd and, and just behind the people that are sitting down mm-hmm. and I see the group in front of Tiger to put it in the water. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I see, and from where I am, I can see Tiger on the green on the hole that, you know, he's playing and what's happening there. And then Molinar steps up, puts it in the water. I'm like, oh my God. Female puts it in the water. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. And then Tiger, I'm like, this is the photo. Like every everyone around him has just put it in the water. So I, I get in the position, I take the photo and I'm like, I was like, this is the photo of the week. Like this is yep. to start off my year with Tiger winning the masters. And, you know, I didn't really care too much about the 18th green celebration because that was going to be covered so well. Mm-hmm. I really wanted something different that, you know, looking back at that masters, it's like, that is the shot that, it you know, a turning a point. People, yeah. yeah. That a lot of people will say, this is where he won the tournament. And, to have such a different view of it and a different style of that photo and like something mm-hmm. I'm like, I could put that down and be proud of mm-hmm. for a long, long time. So yeah. I'm pretty happy about that one. And then, you know, it's, you're kind of on cloud nine the whole time. And yeah. dude, I'm trying not to get in trouble and, you know, I'm trying to make people happy and I'm trying to like create the best work that I can in a pretty foreign environment. And then, you know, I think it was Saturday afternoon. They, called me up and they're like all right you won the, the lottery you're playing augusta on monday oh damn you got to play and, it yeah oh, so shit. they do the photo lottery which well they do the media lottery where they let you know i 
20 something people play the course the Monday after the Masters. Yeah. So, you know, um, my, my golden goose, Ashley Mayo, she, she came over and was like, Hey, guess what? I'm like, what? So you should probably go up front. And I knew what that meant. So I went up there and, you know, my name had been pulled to, to play. And so I was in the very last group on Monday. We, we played the course. Damn. We, we walked around there and it was like surreal to be able to play Augusta national, t- watch tiger win and make some photos Damn. all in the same week. It was like, it was like, how could, how could things get any better? Damn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, kill me now kind of deal. Um, Haver, Haver's having a year, man. You're having a year. Man, <laughs> having a good year. Having a good year for sure. So it, it was pretty chill. I mean, it was like, you know, from that, it gave me a lot of confidence going into the PGA and, and going into the U.S. Open to just kind of like just do things differently than than even I was doing them and just keep pushing to do it differently and, you know, try and, try and make the best work that I could make um, and try and, you know, not push it too much to where it was like I lost a really good image just being different, but mm-hmm. like trying to keep that happy medium of doing golf photography in a very different way, but something that still is a good image. Yeah. And what's your approach? Cause I've, I've shot some tournaments and like the thing that's hard about shooting a tournament, as you know, the course is so huge. There's so many people to cover. Like, how do you approach shooting these tournaments? Do you kind of like, will you follow a group for a little while? Do you kind of just camp out at one hole? Uh, like, how do you how do you cover these things? Because as you know, you can you can just get pretty burnt out pretty quick trying to chase guys down. Yeah, especially with like no runner and not being a on a, like a team of photographers. Like, I'm out there by myself. Um, you know, I'm running my I'm running back to the media tent to download my cards, edit, eat, and go back out. So. Mm-hmm. It, it's understanding where the tournament is and who's kind of in contention and also who's like kind of interesting. And so typically what I do is I go out like Monday, Tuesday, and I I walk the course a few times and I just try and like, okay, that's a cool angle. Like that's a cool photo and keep these little spots in mind. But then as you get into Saturday and Sunday, when the tournament really starts kind of taking shape, you really, the interesting that you're trying to find the story, right? So you're trying to find somebody coming from behind, take the lead or you know leader retaining it you know you're trying to find that story like a pga it was brooks kind of faltered there towards the end and then got it back dj made a little bit of run so Mm. i had to make the decision because they were in two completely different parts of the course like who who am i covering and so in those kinds of cases i'll look to jesse and say okay what do you think should Mm. i stick on brooks or should i go on dj and he's like stick on brooks for now yeah and, you know, he'll kind of feed me updates, but it's like, you're just trying to find the stories and, you know, it's, the coolest thing about it is like, I have the safety net of, I know all the action shots are going to get covered. Mm-hmm. So where can I just go find the most compelling images? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is it somebody who's maybe in the last group, but he's not really in contention. He's playing so bad. He hits a bay left and he's in the crowd. That's just an interesting photo where I'm like one of two photographers and then the other 20 are on Brooks down the fairway, mm-hmm. you know, that that's where I make those decisions on the fly of what's more interesting. What are people going to look back at and say like, that's a really cool photo um, versus what happened that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to get a few of like, you know, the celebration photos of the winner and, you know, get a couple of those. But for the most part, you're just kind of, you're in the flow of it and it's, it's weird, man. Like you were there at the PGA, like yep. has its own, like it's, it's just the day kind of evolves and flows around and, mm. and you start picking up like as the day wears on where the action's going to be. And yeah, you get that kind of stuff. You get like, a, you feel like you get, you, you get a flow going after like a couple of days of being there. You kind of get a sense of the place pretty much. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, like at the masters, like I kind of knew that if something was going to happen, it was going to happen at 12 mm-hmm. or it was going to happen on this hole. And so it's like, how do I get myself in position ahead of, you know, the people that are going to be the most interesting. And then if, if I need to get out of there, cause it's not happening, how, how, where do I go to next? And so it's just kind of a little bit of a, a chess game in a way that you're just constantly just trying to figure out your next move and where you're going while, while trying to see what's happening in front of you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it's interesting, and you know, I was actually watching uh, this guy, uh, your buddy, uh, it was Eric Anders Lang, I think that's his name. Yeah. On YouTube, really interesting golf content. Um, you guys, I think, did a trip out to was it Scotland? Yep, we went to Scotland last year. Yeah, well, it was really interesting series. It was like I think it was like a five or ten part YouTube series. I, I can link it. Yeah. Uh, what was that trip all about? Because it seemed like you guys were this out there playing all these amazing courses. Like it looks like you guys just played a ton of golf. We did. We we were. I was out there for half the trip because my daughter was. Uh, she she was very young at that point, and so I didn't want to be gone the whole time. So I was out for like nine days. It was an eighteen day trip. Damn. And we essentially were playing like 36 holes a day. Um, so two different golf courses typically, and we were changing hotels every night mm -hmm. and we were working with Scotland's tourism and, you know, Eric and I were out at Ballyneal, which is a course out in Colorado. And, you know, we had this idea where like, you know, it was actually like a contest and we we're like, we should just sign up. Why not? Let's like, let's do it. Yep. And since then, you know, he's really blown up significantly. I mean, he was still pretty big, but like even to another level, yeah. uh, my little thing has gotten a little bit bigger, but it was like, we just kind of went out there with some friends and, mm -hmm. and put it around and, you know, shanks and balls and all that kind of stuff for a few days. And, you know, that was like, to me, that was like, that was a pretty surreal experience being able to go to Scotland as a golfer and like experience yeah. that. And well, yeah. And that's crazy, dude. That's that place is just—it's insane. Yeah, it's so good. A lot of history. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a really cool series. I'll link it, and people can check it out because it was kind of a cool video series, kind of getting to see you guys travel and whatnot. Um, yeah, all my shank shots that they added to them, and I sort of that was pretty much only the only thing that I was good for was my hair in the wind and shanked shank wedges. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a couple more questions. I'll let you go, but you know, okay. I was excited to talk to you about. Uh, you have another like a uh, thing you do called Burning Cart Society, which is basically uh, you make different like clothing and different kind of stuff. Like, how did that come about? And I guess what's your goal with that? I guess. Yeah, we started BCS as kind of a joke. Um, it was like, all right how do I, how do I kind of take my view on golf, which is, you know, I like to carry my clubs. I'm a little bit of a punk, you yeah. know, break down the walls kind of thing. And so I came up with this idea for, you know, the burning card is kind of like a symbol of that. Mm. And that's what I did. I made this logo and just gave out stickers. And before that I had the black sheep logo, which is the minor threat mm -hmm. logo with like the golf club from the Yale bulldog. And I, I just thought it was funny to have Yale and minor threat together. It's kind of like it's a good representation of kind of who I am in golf. And so then we've made that logo. It People really loved it. And then, you know, people started kind of asking the question, like, what is it? I don't get it. And so we started doing, kind of drops of hats we made a couple like really nice carry bags that are pretty utilitarian and mm -hmm. you know but we're really about promoting what we feel is is a new approach to golf which is kind of an old approach which is if you if you can um like physically walk a golf course we think you should yeah. as many times as you can because it's the most enjoyable way to to play golf mm -hmm. uh we think you know you should be able to listen to music more times than not that, you know, golf style needs to evolve a little bit and that, you know, there needs to be more punk rockers in golf and yeah. showing people that I like, I was amazed at how many people are in the hardcore and punk and, and play golf yeah. until I started this. And I get like new people every day messaging me like, Oh man, like I was just at a have heart reunion show and, you know, I was talking to some guy and he golfs because I saw the shirt and then we started talking about burning cards. And, and I'm like, and I was like, it's like, it's mind blowing to me and it's such a niche little thing, but that's what it is. And so it, there's no real goal with it. I mean, yeah. our, the whole goal is really just to keep kind of challenging perceptions in golf and, and evolving it a little bit. And burning cards, a great way to do that to kind of like, you know, you get a lot of people who are like, think that we're terrible and, they take it way too literal, which is fine because we're at least opening the dialogue for them. So, yeah, no, it's exciting stuff. I enjoy seeing it on there. Um, 
But I guess it's kind of wrap up. I mean, you've been doing this for a little while. Like, wh what kind of keeps you inspired about uh, photography and um, any goals for the future, I guess? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I've, I've done a, this, this past year, just trying to kind of get my, my feet underneath me. And I think like next year is going to be a really cool year. And, and like I said earlier, branch out a little bit. Um, I've got some really cool projects and bigger projects that are kind of terrifying to, to undertake, but it should be really fun. And, you know, just keep doing my thing and, you know, taking my kids out golfing as much as I can. That's about it, man. Yeah. I like it, man. Well, uh, can't thank you enough for taking the time and for people listening, uh, Christian, uh, where's the best place to check out your work? Uh, you can check out my Instagram. It's Hafe life it's h-a-f-e underscore life or my website's christianhafer.com yeah. um or you can go and check out some cool stuff like the bridge golf academy and um see what they're doing which is a pretty cool program in new york city they're getting kids um kids into the game of golf and helping educate them as well so perfect man well i'll link it and thanks so much yeah dude thank you so much for your time and uh we gotta go play golf soon so there you have it. That was the Christian Hafer interview. I want to thank Christian so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with him uh, this in-depth about all his work and everything that he's done. Uh, like I said, Christian has a real passion for what he does and has a unique perspective on the game of golf. So I know I really enjoyed hearing uh, his perspective on everything. Um, so definitely go check out Christian's work at christianhafer.com as well as his Instagram at Hafe underscore life. I'll link it in the description and every uh, you can go check it out. He's always just got cool work up there and everything. Uh, he actually just posted some real cool stuff that he's shooting over at Sand Valley Golf. Really cool night shots. So definitely go check that out. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, as well as my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.